and welcome to episode 84 of All About Fitness. This is a uh, first for me uh, for All About Fitness. You know, again, relatively new podcaster and, and learning as I go. Uh, there are two firsts for me, actually, with this podcast. One, it's the first time I'm going to put two in different interviews together um, in the same you know, in the same show, and, and that's because you know, they're both relatively short. I, I recorded these at the uh, Los Angeles Fit Expo. You know, if you've never been to a Fit Expo, it really is. It is a collection of everything that is completely awesome and somewhat scary about the fitness industry all under one roof. You have all kinds of manufacturers, supplement companies, you have professional, you know, you know competitive bodybuilders, you know, weight, you know, um, strongman competitors, weightlifters, you know, everything you could imagine under the sun for a consumer audience. So I recently worked at LA Fitness Expo and I was there with uh, the show sponsor, Vicor Fitness. You know, Vicor makes the TerraCore, which is a really, really cool um, workout platform. I'll have a link to that down in the show notes below. If you're interested in buying one, it's a great piece of home equipment. You can use code AAF for All About Fitness, code AAF, to purchase a TerraCore of your own. And we have an app. Uh, we put out different workouts uh, almost every day on that app. So if you buy one, you can definitely learn how to use it. So, okay, there's my advertisement. You hit that in there. Um, but I was at, at the LA Fit Expo with, with Vicor. And, you know, I was speaking with the people in the booth next to me. And, and the first person, Guy Fernandez, um, I overheard him say something. He turns out to be a stuntman. So I interview him. He's going to be the second interview you hear. Guy Fernandez, you know, played Division One football. He played, um, he played some uh, competitive, well, he played arena league football, which is kind of like, you know, the, the um, breeding grounder. Some people will, will go there to develop their skills for the NFL. But somewhere along the way, Guy fell into being a stuntman. And I thought that was really cool. And so the interview with Guy, we talk a little bit about how he became a stuntman and how being a stuntman is like training for a sport. There are a lot of similarities between the two. But the first interview you're going to hear, this is another first for me, and I'm really excited about it. This is uh, with a woman named Lita Lewis. That's L-I-T-A, Lita Lewis. Lita is also known as um, follow the Lita, L-I-T-A, on Instagram. And she's one of this new generation of trainers who you know, doesn't work in a gym, <laughs> she doesn't work in a studio, but she uh, posts you know, exercise information online, and she you know, gives, you know, gives people information and motivation. And, and one of the things I really liked about Lita, just, you know, and, and when you listen to the interview, I want you to understand, I had talked with her for maybe two or three minutes before I grabbed my recorder to record the interview. So I knew very little about her. I just knew that you know, she was into fitness, and she's very active on Instagram. And that brings me to this whole concept of Instagram trainers. There's a lot of debate in our industry about whether Instagram trainers are quote unquote legitimate because they may or may not have their credentials. And that's a whole, that's a very valid argument. But I would say about people that are active on Instagram is they're engaging, they're engaging people in a brand new way that hasn't been done before. Lita has almost half a million followers. Other people on Instagram have just significant numbers of followers. I've been doing fitness for 20 years. I've been doing fitness education for 15 years. I don't come close to that. You know, I, I influence personal trainers and I, you know, work within the industry. I'm not having near the reach that Lita's having with her, her Instagram followers. And, and I know a lot of educators in the same boat. A lot of the fitness educators tend to be over the, right now, tend to be over the age of 40 or 45. So we kind of came of age in the industry when social media wasn't a thing. So that said, it's a really good conversation with Lita. I was very impressed with her. I was very impressed with her, um, you know, her desire to help people and her positive image or her positive message. 
She's focusing on exercise for health, exercise performance, not exercise to be skinny or to lose weight. And I think that's such a valuable message. You know, we shouldn't exercise just based on pure extrinsic appearance, but we should exercise to improve our health, improve the way we feel, and give us the energy to do what we want to do. And, and you'll hear some of that come out in the interview. So I want to, uh, you know, want, want you to enjoy this interview. It, it was a lot of fun for me. And, and I'm hoping to have more um, social media people on, more Instagram trainers on. I'm working with a couple right now, trying to line it up in terms of scheduling. If you know, if you're um, somebody who has a significant following on Instagram or you know, have a good relationship with somebody who is, please, you know, shoot me an email, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com because I would love to give you this platform to talk about how your programs are helping people and, and why your programs are beneficial. So with that, I'm going to kick it right into the interview. This is a little longer, um, a little longer uh, introduction than, than normal, but I was just trying to set the stage so you understand what we're talking about. These two interviews with Lita Lewis and Guy Fernandez were recorded at the LA Fitness Expo or LA Fit Expo. So there's a little bit of background noise. It was, uh, I was using a handheld recorder or a recorder with a handheld mic. So you know, apologize about the sound quality issues, but think about the message. Think about the message of having a positive relationship with exercise, of, of having a healthy body image. And, and that's what we talk about. So without any further ado, on episode uh, 84 of All About Fitness, Lita Lewis, follow the Lita on Instagram, and Guy Fernandez, a stuntman working in Hollywood. I'm Pete McCall, all about fitness from the Los Angeles Fit Expo, and I am standing next to my booth partner, Lita Lewis. Lita, can you give us a little bit of background about what you do and, and why you're at the Fit Expo today? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've been running with the, the Fit Expo for quite some time now, several years. Um, here today, I am basically displaying my apparel line that just stems from an extension of my brand, which is all about health and fitness, body positivity and self-love. Um, with a track and field background, I run a camp that I call Body Blast Boot Camp, in which I tour around the United States. And it's all about getting women active, but really moving like real athletes. So none of this little donkey kicks to, to build a butt, but really running drills and um, moving like real athletes. There's a lot of uh, explosion, power, speed involved. Um, and I also get, that, get to do that here at the Fit Expo and running some of the workshops um, as well as some just motivational speaking. I'll get in front of some women and, and speak about the fitness of business and how to trans, uh, or basically uh, go from corporate into working for yourself, which is something that I've also done. So um, just existing in the space and meeting fans and followers and doing all that fun stuff. Well, and, and your, your, your buddy, uh, Guy, who actually just interviewed, uh, Guy Fernandez, who's going to be on a different podcast, yeah. was showing me your Instagram. How'd you get into, were you a trainer first, um, like a trainer and group at fitness instructor first, and then the Instagram thing happened, or how, how'd that come about? Yeah, actually, not at all. I was working corporate America. Uh, and had a really full-on job. I didn't hate it, but it was definitely full-on. Um, and basically, in short, just got burnt out um, and decided that life is too short to essentially make somebody else rich. <laughs> and that um, I wanted to basically turn my passion, um, which was you know health and fitness and motivating women, into like a full-fledged career. So um, 
I got my certification. I started a free little boot camp in my local park and, uh, you know, started off with a couple friends who then bought friends. And then over time, what was once four people at a, you know, a little group session in my local park and turned into 20, 30, 40, 50 people would show up to work out with me. Um, and then I thought, wow, with the power of social media and sharing that and my own personal journey, you know, people in Atlanta would hit me up and say, uh, can you come out here and train with us? Dallas, Houston, LA, San Diego, uh, Philly, New York. So it just turned into this movement. And so I found myself on tour running running this workshop um, and using social media to do that. And very organically, I built this branded business. Um, it's not just about the workouts, but it's more about the messaging that I was sharing with a you know, particular audience. And that was really for the woman that is never gonna be super skinny or even super muscular or um, you know that that I that mass media definition of what it looks like to be fit, um, but thicker, curvier women that were no less stronger than anybody else, but just had a thicker frame. And so I was sort of empowering them. See, I'd love to give you a big virtual hug here. I mean, we're talking live, <laughs> but I think that's such a, what I, what I like about that. And just from the, the quick little spin I took through your Instagram, I think that's such a positive message. And here we are in Los Angeles at the Fit Expo, which yeah, it's not what I like to say I love about the fitness industry. Right. And you have to understand, Lita, I've been doing fitness education for years. Who'd you do your fit, your certification through? To be completely honest, it was an online certification with the ISSA. Okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar. No, I'm very familiar with because I worked for the American Council on Exercise. I helped write their education for a oh, while, really? and, I, and I do some work with NASM. So I, I work with both groups, and that's where it's like you live in a different space, in such a different space, and I can honestly say that you're the first, like, pure natural, um, not one of the fierce, but like the first pure Instagram star that, that I've had on the podcast. And I've done a number of interviews because I've been in the fitness education space. Like all the people I interview are, I know from the education circuit, they, they write, they, they have books out and you know, we, we teach education workshops to trainers. And I'm here at this Fit Expo for the first time and this is direct to consumer, but this is what we're missing. You know, when I, did, when I speak at a fitness conference of personal trainers, we have maybe 800 people for lucky. And there's a lot more here. So how'd you, how long have you been in this space? Because for me, I'm kind of fascinated by this, right? This is so new to me. And to meet somebody that, that has made a career out of doing this, is, 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 it's, it's, just, it's like completely opposite, not opposite of what I do, but it's a whole different. You and I live on the same planet, but we're on different continents, yeah. I guess. So how, how long have you been doing this? Um, it'll be five years come July. So, you know, like four and a half years. Like I said, I was in corporate, um, and I went out on the deep end uh, and then jumped into literally with, with, with you know, a basic certification, um, but also with a track and field and football background. I grew up in Australia, so I have a rugby background. So obviously our training is very functional. Front row? Ah, uh, yes. Uh -huh. uh, see, that's why we're no. supposed to be talking. Yeah, no, I was a, I was a hooker oh, for nice. years. Very cool. So you're familiar. So a lot of my training, anyways, I got to train with some of the best trainers. I also, um, one of my best friends uh, also was a professional football player in the NFL. So I also was able to train with some of his favorite and some of the best trainers in the business. So um, I took a lot of that knowledge and, and basically formulated my own type of workout that was catered to, you know, women. Um, and that it really just took off, honestly, the power of social media and just sharing a genuine message that spoke very um, directly to a specific audience really resonated. And so, again, just very organically, I grew this following by sharing, a, a, I'd say, a different type of training that wasn't all cardio-based and or none of this kind of like BS gimmicks, you know, um, and getting them to really move. 
Uh, and then using social media to document that um, and, and my tour and my movement um, in, in which I was building my business. Um, and then almost five years later, you know, I'm essentially earning more than I did working for somebody else. I, I wake up when I want, I go to sleep when I want, you know, business is good, I do what I love. And what's great about these expos is that you get to meet people um, that, uh, you know, acknowledge you and recognize you for the work that you do and then tell you how great you are. And then all of a sudden, you know, you realize you're one of the blessed individuals on this planet. Well, and that's, isn't that so true? Because it's always... I love meeting people because I write a lot of blogs for the American Council on Exercise and I love meeting people that tell me that they read my stuff and that it helps them learn and they use it with their clients and I'm sure you feel the same way. One thing I want to say, what I want to ask you about it is, is this body image. What, if you could snap your fingers and change how we market women or how we present the female image, how would you, what would you like to see? Oh, that's a really good question and, and, and also a loaded one. I think that, um, the misconception that you know a, very, a fit, strong body looks a certain type of way to to mass media, you know. And I think uh, you know some of the most phenomenal athletes I've even met, or even the, the professional athletes that I aspire to, like Miss Serena Williams, doesn't fit that typical cliche. And so what I'd like to try to at least push, or what I like to think that I'm already doing, is just showing essentially the world that. Being fit and beautiful as a woman um, doesn't necessarily look like this cookie cutter that that is, you know, the typical go-to, um, and that being fit and essentially womanly, um, and feminine and beautiful can look like many different things. And so I'm really big on encouraging women to just first honor and love themselves and come from a place of self-love and then bettering themselves and being the best version of themselves than um, sort of aspiring to be what is this cookie cutter image. And that's such a positive message. Now, what does it mean you're Aussie and having played rugby with a number of Aussies, what does is, what is fitness and being fit mean to you? Because I think in America, we have a much different version of it yes. and I, than I think you guys do down, down under. Yeah, um, listen, what Fit to me is not necessarily a physical thing. To me, it's um, a functional thing. Like, I feel the fittest when I am strong, um, when my endurance is up, um, when I can really utilize my body uh, for a particular task or purpose. That's, to me, is, is what fit. It doesn't matter what I look like, it's how I can perform. So I definitely define um, fit with the words of uh, functionality, strength, power and endurance and see again we, we haven't met before right no oh, no we have not so you don't know that my tagline is fitness is having the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it Love it. and that that's like the tagline of the podcast and I'll, a part of it i got from playing rugby because to me especially being in the front row fit is about work rate it's about the ability do you can i push a scrum in the 79th minute you know, and I think that's I think that's one of the things that, that people don't realize. And that's one of the things like, automatically. I mean, I can feel like a connection because we have that. What what in your background? Did you play rugby in the States? And at what level did you play rugby up to? Sadly, no. So when I say rugby, well, back in Australia, um, they have they, they split a lot of things. Right. Because no one wants to see too many of like the females really go at it hardcore. So they have what well, is touch football but it's still the rugby type oh, rules. Okay. So that's essentially what I did. So it was a very, very fast paced game. Um, because I ran track, um, I, you know, I had this speed and someone taught me a few uh, football skills. Well, technically I came up in a football family. Um, so, uh, you know, rugby to me was just a way to 
uh, translate you know, na natural speed um, into the game of football, um, which which I today enjoy. But I mean, it went. I mean, I played competitively and even represented my state um, in New South Wales. So I guess you know, yeah. Southie or Quetta terminology. Um, I mean, we played against New Zealand. There were like English teams, but these are all organizations back in Australia that were probably many years ago. I played up until I was like 22. Okay, and that's such a different thing because I don't think for listeners, I try to make it too rugby focused. I've had a few other rugby players on here, but there's such a community, especially if you play certain positions like in the tight five or in the front row. Yeah. And it becomes, but, but to go back to fitness, this becomes that fitness is about performance, it's about work rate, and it's about capability. What can you do? So you take your speed. What did you run in track? Well, you were a track athlete. Were you? Let me guess before you say it. I'm going to probably guess 100, 200. Absolutely. Right, you're spot on, spot on. 100, 200, then I did the relays, one by, uh, four by one, four by two. I also jumped, so I did long jump was also a fave as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah, explosive. So you're a little type two muscle fiber dominant. Hey, you're spot on. And so when you look at this, when you look at your moves for your boot camps, what I love hearing you say, Lita, is I love hearing you say you have women move and you don't have them do any silly little, like, little isolation movements. Why is total body movement so important? Again, it just comes back to functionality. Like, I, um, listen, I, I've definitely been in the competing world. I, I competed as a figure, figure competitor for NPC bodybuilding, um, and I learned a lot, right? But this idea of going to the gym and putting in all this time about, you know, concentrated bicep curls and, and um, you know, doing the leg press. And at the end of the day, I'm like, for what? It was all aesthetics. It was all about building, um, you know, a form, a, a body, a physique. But like at the end of the day, for me, it's about functionality. If I'm building my, my bicep to be stronger, I want to make sure that it's giving me the power in my upper body so I can move faster. Or, you know, explosiveness is important to me. I didn't want to have big legs and not be able to be powerful. So, um, uh, you know, for me, again, it, it's, it's always about functionality. If we can't move the way we want, like the tagline, then what's the point, you know? And I think that's what people don't realize is that they spend a lot of time isolating muscles. Mm -hmm. You're working on the part, you're not working on the whole. So obviously you do a lot of, you have a brand here. What's, what's your brand? And I love, I'll let you read what your shirt says yeah. because especially in this climate, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as being inappropriate. <laughs> so I'll let you read what your brand is yeah. and, and talk about that. Sure. Um, you know, my brand is all about just positive messages that empower women, especially with a thicker frame. Um, my sweatshirt says, thick thighs save lives. It's funny, it just came about once when I was using it, uh, the phrase, in maybe a conversation, and somebody loved it so much that it kind of stuck. Um, and so we put it on t-shirts, tanks, hoodies, and it's just now been like a, like a unifying message that um, thick thighs are not always bad. And once were like not favorable, but now, you know, women and my fellow women that are of, of a thicker frame, now we use it as an empowering thing. We we love that our legs are big, that they're strong, and that we're capable. And so it's just, again, little fun phrases that are empowering um, uh, that all stem from self-love. Well, and I think I, that's so cool. And I think I'll bet you that that probably came from something you're, you're probably teaching group fitness. Because I know I've said things teaching group exercise where people remember and I'm like, what did I say? Because, you know, when you're in front of a group, you're, you're, you're talking, you're trying to entertain people and engage people right. and you forget that. But what I love about that message, though, is you want people to love their body the way they are. Do you think that we overlook that in, in fitness? Oh, absolutely. I think because everybody is like, I hate myself. I hate myself. I have to change. 
which I suppose is one way to motivate yourself. But for me, and, and, and you know, how I sort of like define optimum health is not always physical, it is a mental, it is emotional, um, and it's spiritual. So I was like, start with self-love. If you love yourself, then you honor yourself to want to get it to move, you know, um, to, to feed it and fuel it right. And so, you know, self-love is really important. Um, and really, again, it's just really important to me to continue to share that because I'd rather start with uh, a foundation of love um, than I do, you know, this idea of hating to want to change. And that's such a, I think that's such a positive message that, you know, and I have two young girls and, and you know, and I'm very, I'm very aware, you know, I'm one of those things where I go out shop, toy shopping and, and clothes shopping. I'm very aware of like the image that you see, you know, my daughters are young and I don't want them to be subjected to certain images, yet we are. So to wrap this up, where if people want to find out more about what you're doing, if they want to follow your workouts or maybe catch you live and in person, how can they do that? Yeah, awesome. So um, every, everything pretty much lives on my website, which is LitaLewis.com. Um, there I share my agenda about um, where I'm going to be touring the Body Bus Boot Camp throughout the summer and uh, spring and summer of this year. Um, I also run international retreats that are uh, focused on holistic health. So we really tackle the, the mental and spiritual as well as the physical because there's a whole bunch of fun stuff we do on our retreats so somewhere sexy somewhere in the world. Um, and then apparel, all of that is on LitaLewis.com. Um, and then as far as meeting me in person, I basically, I tour around with the Fit Expo, so I'll hit every single one this year. Um, and you can find details on that at thefitexpo.com. And we'll put that up there. And then you have you have a little, what's like one of your mantras for positive, to get people thinking positive? And I want to say this, and, and I try again, I try to keep it very appropriate here, but I think one of the sexiest attributes of a woman, one of the most attractive things that I notice, I don't know about other guys, is their confidence. And I think that is the most powerful thing that a woman can have, because confidence to me is the most, it's the most attractive thing. Appearances, whatever, if you don't have the confidence Confidence to me is everything, and I and, and that's why I hear it coming out in our conversation. Is that what that's what you're trying to, to pass on to the people you work with? So, what's your? Do you have any any suggestions, any recommendations about how somebody listening right now can add that extra little boost of confidence in their life? Yeah, that one I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Confidence is definitely very sexy. Something I absolutely encourage. Like I said, it's always from self-love and not from self-hate. As far as uh, having a motivator to want to change. I think what I'd tell people is to first look in the mirror, number one, and to understand no one is perfect and you'll probably live, you know, your very last breath wanting to perhaps change something about yourself. But what's important is to really understand where you are in life um, and never wanting to aspire to look or be like anyone else, but work on being the best version of yourself. And that is where true confidence lies. That is awesome. And Lita, we just met. I mean, we've been working next to each other. I don't think we had a, had a conversation. But I have to tell you, I just became a big Lita Lewis fan. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness, here with a brand new friend I'm at the Fit Expo in Los Angeles. Uh, Guy, can you tell us your name and what is it you do? Yeah, my name is Guy Fernandez and I'm a professional stunt performer. And see, I, Guy and I are sitting in booths next to each other and we're talking a little bit and he's a stuntman and I thought that was very interesting. He also has a background in football. So where did you play football and, and uh, what, what position were you? Uh, I played football at the University of North Texas and I uh, played wide receiver. Where are you from originally? What part of Texas? Uh, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, 
and um, by way of uh, New York. So. so I don't know. Would you play big-time high school football there? I mean, I wouldn't know any of the high schools, but were you one of the big schools? No, we were, we were a small uh, Class 4A school. Um, we did play against a lot of the bigger schools. Uh, but, you know, I mean, everybody knew, you know, everybody that, you know, amongst the athletes in the, in the city. So. And so we're talking, and you kind of, you said, Guy, that you kind of, I don't want to say fell into being a stuntman, but how'd you end up being, being a stuntman? Because originally you were trying to make it in, in uh, professional football, right? Right. Um, when I was in college, as soon as I graduated college, uh, the economy crashed around 07, 08, and I was one of those guys that lost everything. I uh, ended up relocating to New Orleans. My uh, ex-wife, uh, my wife at the time, now my ex-wife, she, uh, her parents lived there, owned property, and I kind of fell into the film industry there. It was really booming around that time in New Orleans. So um, I started off in the lighting department and then just kind of worked my way into the stunt department, and I just literally kind of fell into it. <laughs> And I think it's so cool. We were talking a little bit about being a receiver, especially at a school like North Texas. What, what's one of the most important things about being a receiver? You're talking about the relationship with the quarterback. What do you need to have with your quarterback? Um, timing. Uh, just being in sync with the quarterback and, and just being on the same page is, you know, uh, watching film is very important and just paying attention to what the defense is doing, whether they're man or zone or uh, – you know, it's, it's, it's just very important to just be in sync with him. And we're talking a little bit about how that's similar to being a stuntman. Because stuntman, being a stuntman is all about what? Being in sync and timing. <laughs> you don't want to punch anybody in the face. And do you watch, I mean, do you watch film? And how, how long do you have to prepare to, to do a stunt? Like, if you're, can you talk about some of the movies you've been in? Or I don't know, I don't want you to violate any non-disclosure agreements you have. But in general, like, how long does it take for you to prepare for, for stunts that you're going to do? Um, it, it takes, you can, it can be anywhere from, you know, 10 minutes to 10 days. You know, I've been on sets like G.I. Joe. We had two weeks of rehearsals before we actually shot the scene. It was a really big scene. And, um, you know, movies like Hunger Games and Captain America, you know, you have a week to, to rehearse these things and prep for the actual shoot dates. So um, it's, it's really about timing and getting to know your partner just like the quarterback who you're fighting with uh timing and, and just being in sync with them i mean it's, it really relates a lot to being an athlete and i think that's that, that was what you know just when we we're talking i thought that was so cool and that's why i wanted to kind of grab you for the podcast really quick because i don't think that people realize that how athletic being a stuntman is did it surprise you when you started doing it did you did, did it change like your expectation of what you thought you would be doing I tell you what, man, I have a lot of respect because uh, for, for stuntmen that are already in the business, um, fighters um, specifically, these guys work really hard and, you know, they can do a lot of things that I can't do. So I'm, I'm not a fighter. I wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up fighting or doing any martial arts, anything like that. But um, just the fighting aspect of it is really, really tough. You know, it's I mean, it, it, I, I adjusted to it well and I adapted. But um, it's not it's not easy. So a lot of guys just think, oh, go in there, throw a few punches and fight. No, it's not. You got to make it look like you've been fighting your whole life when you really haven't. You've been playing football your whole life. You know. <laughs> hey, you, you probably never got any fights in football. <laughs> but but have you been have you been gotten banged up from doing stunts? And it, is it does it take a toll on your body? Yeah, it take it does take a toll on your body. Um, I've got a few, not, a couple of concussions here and there. Um, torn ligaments, I had a couple of stitches, but, you know, th that, that stuff just comes with the job, you know, you, you get paid a, a good amount of money to, you know, 
put your body on the line. So, um, but yeah, we just, just n nothing major. Just you know, little cuts and bruises here and there. So let me. I, we haven't even asked you about this, so I haven't asked you about it. Do you do any work in the fitness uh, business, or are you here uh, just helping a friend with a booth? No, no, no. I'm not in the fitness industry at all. Uh, just the only fitness I really do is when I'm training for you know to be a stuntman. So that's it. And what are your favorite workouts? Like, if you have a go-to workout to get ready for, like, get ready for a scene or whatever, do you have like a favorite? Do you do strength training, like barbell, kettlebell, dumbbell? Like, what's a favorite workout of yours? Well, it really, it really depends on uh, what actor I'm doubling, what his size is. Like, uh, I double Marvel's Luke Cage. Uh, I'm, I'm a stunt double for uh, the, the show on Netflix, Luke Cage. And um, I was about 225, 220 to 225, and he's about 235, 240. So I had to put on, you know, 15, 20 pounds. And um, so really I was just doing a lot of strength training, a lot of eating, a lot of calories, and uh, not a lot of cardio at all, you know, just really a lot of strength training and just keeping my – when gaining that weight, I had to make sure I stayed – um, you know, agile. So I just went and played basketball or played in flag football just to, you know, keep my cardio up and, and just to stay quick. See, I think that's kind of cool to hear, like how you train, because I don't think people realize, because I've talked to, I've had other, I've had a, one of my podcast guests was a professional wrestler for a while. And I don't think people realize that even though it might be performance, it does take a toll on your body. So have you had any, like, uh, what, what's your recovery strategy? Like if you do like a hard day of shooting stunts, is there anything you do to kind of let your body heal and to let your body recover from the work that you did? Old football tricks, man. Ice bath. Ice bath, that's that's the best trick in the book. Old school, and it works every time. Make you feel like a new man. All right, hey, Guy Fernandez, I appreciate that. Hey, do you have an Instagram that, that uh, people can follow? Uh, yeah, it's at Guy Fernandez Jr. All right, man, I'll have that tag to uh, the show notes. I appreciate your time. Nice to meet you, brother. All right, thank you, too, man. Thank you. And now, as you can tell, I had a lot of fun doing those interviews. Um, it, even though Guy does not work in the fitness industry, it really was. <laughs> I was like, uh, I became a fanboy. You find out somebody's a stuntman, and I'm not sure about the male listeners out there or female listeners out there, but but I think a lot of guys can agree that if we couldn't be a professional athlete, we'd maybe want to be a special operations soldier. If we couldn't do that, then I think stuntman is right up there in the top five uh, in that list of top five job uh, jobs we might want because <laughs> that day is so cool. And, and what was interesting was to talk with Guy about the training it takes to do stunts because, you know, we might think, oh, well, they know what they're doing. It, it still is very hard and very physical. And, you know, his background in football, you know, especially receiver, helped him immensely for stunt training because it's all timing and being able to, uh, being able to, to take, a, take a shot and get back up and, and do another take. Um, so it was fun to talk to Guy Fernandez. It was really cool to kind of have that brief conversation. Now, now the Lita, um, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm old school as a personal trainer, but I started personal training in the late 90s. And, you know, when I was doing it full time for a career, Facebook wasn't even invented yet. MySpace was, was out there, but we didn't have the social media tools that we have today. And it really seems like Social media, Instagram, YouTube—you know—we're we're built specifically for personal trainers or fitness instructors because what we're seeing is one of the best ways to engage an audience. And there's been on this ongoing debate in the industry. You know, I've mentioned it before about whether you know people that are famous as trainers online really have legitimacy. 
And, and I'll answer unequivocally, yes. You know, I, I think it's important that anybody is any type of personal trainer have at the bare minimum some kind of uh, certification. But I really don't think that we should discount any trainers just because they don't have a bricks and mortars location and because they just, you know, do things online. The fact is, Lita is influencing almost half a million people. She's spreading a positive, you know, body image, which is, I can't even begin to, to say how immensely important that is. And really, one of the things I'm going to try to do over the course of the next year is try to engage, you know, some of these, uh, some of these individuals who maybe, you know, make their living off of training on Instagram, because I want us to understand, I want all of us, and I mean us in the industry and as consumers, I want us to understand that, that for the most part, these people's hearts are in the right place. My one concern is, <laughs> all we need to think about is that Cash Me Outside, uh, that Cash Me Outside woman or uh, Logan Paul. My one concern is, though, some people might use social media just to quote unquote get famous. Yeah, I'm not sure why that would matter, but some people just want to have the notoriety of being popular on some sort of you know, online platform. And that's why in our industry, it's funny, Lita and I talked a little bit after the recording, you know, in our industry, you know, in our industry, there's a definite divide uh, among, you know, different types of trainers. And what Lita told me is some of the conditioning coaches she's worked with over the years and trainers really don't have a presence online. They're fabulous, gifted trainers, but they're so focused on the on their their skill set that they haven't learned how to man, you know, learn how to really leverage online. And I fall in that category, you know. I know the basic minimum basics. And one of the things I might do this year is hire a group to help me manage my social media, manage Facebook, and help promote this podcast so I can, you know, help more people learn how to use fitness. You know, and, and I do think Instagram trainers play an important role because it's an easy way to engage people. Look, let's face it, going into a health club is extremely intimidating. You know, walking into a health club can be scary, you know, especially for somebody that may have had a horrible experience in PE class. You know, I used to get clients. I used to hang out at the Starbucks next to the health club I worked in, and that's where I got found I, I got a lot of clients because when I was in the gym, I was busy, and a lot of people in the gym didn't feel comfortable because they were in their exercise clothes. But meeting at a Starbucks, they had their work clothes on, and they, there was much more, you know, positive interaction. So, you know, th- that to say that I don't want to discount any, uh, any Instagram trainers because you're doing a fabulous job. Some are doing a fabulous job of engaging with people and encouraging them to motivate. So we don't always need a gym to do what we do. But as I mentioned before, no matter how you interact with a trainer, make sure that he or she has the knowledge and credentials to provide healthy, accurate, reputable, evidence-based fitness advice. You know, because fitness done wrong could hurt you or could kill you. And just because somebody has a, a beautiful body on social media does not mean they, they have the skill set to help you exercise the way you need. But in, in speaking with somebody like, you know, that said, speaking with somebody like Lita, her, her positive energy, her passion, her interest to helping others really, you know, is fun to see because she's doing it. You know, I don't want to discount Instagram trainers. I don't want to discount people interacting with potential clients online, but I just want to, you know, offer a word of caution, and this goes across the board, in a gym, outside of a gym, in my home, understand who, who the individual is, understand whether or not they have the credentials to be giving you advice, you know, take that with a grain of salt, because, you know, really, I, I think Instagram can be a great way, you know, social media, YouTube can be a great way to engage people, because 
Look, bottom line, if it's not with me, I want you to work out with somebody else. And I fully recognize that the gym can be an uncomfortable place for some people. So if people feel comfortable exercising in their own home and not comfortable going into the gym and they're getting their information from an online trainer, personally, I don't see anything wrong with that. But just like, you know, any other thing, understand, understand the buying, understand who you're working with and make sure they have the skills and the credentials to help you attain your goals. So with that, it was a lot of fun meeting them. I might be doing other Fit Expos this year. I'm definitely speaking at other fitness conferences, and I'm always going to be carrying my recorder with me because I like this idea of just interviewing people on the fly, interviewing people in the field, because I want, I want to try to expose listeners to as many people as possible, and I want to try it on the other side. I want to try to expose fitness professionals to as many potential um, people as possible to help them because what we're trying to do is we're trying to help you just live a healthier lifestyle. However you engage that, you know, I, I don't think that really matters at all. So thanks for stopping by All About Fitness. If you enjoy this information, if you find it helpful, if you find it useful, the only thing it costs you is a positive rating on iTunes or however you consume, uh, consume the podcast. Because we know the drill, the more uh, the higher rankings or the better, uh, the better reviews you have, the higher the rankings and the more people can find out about this. I'm Pete McCall. Thanks for stopping by, and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.